Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, I know you guys are saying, what are you talking about, Pastor? I wasn't here last week, remember? And so, um, Happy New Year. It's good to be back. I want to tell you that um, this year really represents a historic time in our church, in our growth, in our development. I'm going to lay out some things for you today that I think will set the course for us in the days ahead. Uh, The first thing I want to do is I want to tell you that Pelzetta and I, um, over the last three-plus years, we're going into our fourth year now, it has been our privilege to be your pastors, to serve with you, to labor with you, to laugh with you, cry with you, um, all the things that really uh, take part in a family. We've been able to engage at a very deep level with many of you here, and we are thankful uh, for you and thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to be your pastors. And so I just want to start the new year off by saying I love me some y'all. Man, I love y'all. I love you. Thank you for that, William. I appreciate that. We're starting a brand new message series that I've titled Call to Lead. And um, today I've titled the message in this series, Understanding the Call. And so before I go any further, what I want to do is I want to to set the, the groundwork for you right now by saying, listen, every single person in the body of Christ is a leader. Every single person in the body of Christ has a gift. Every single person in the body of Christ is called to lead in the capacity that God has gifted you. And there is no role that is more significant or less significant than any other. We are all leaders in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, what I want to do over these next few weeks is I want to lay out for you what the call of the Lord is on our lives, and, and it's in three points, three different facets, and I, uh, I want to be sure that, that we cover all three of these facets, possibly even every week, as it relates to call. You know, we hear that word, you know, the call of God on our lives, and, and so I spent time with the Lord for several months asking him, what, what does calling mean? And, and I believe that he's given me three different, three different facets of calling. The first is that the scripture tells us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are part of the church, the universal church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. We've been the ones that have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light, the Bible says. We've been called out of the the, the ways of the world into the will of God and his expressed provision for us. That's the first calling. The second calling relates to how we live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. How we live out the gospel and flesh out the gospel every day. How we treat our neighbors as followers of Christ. Our behaviors on our jobs. How we operate with integrity in the things that we do business in. How we lead by example in our families according to the will of God for our lives. All these things, these things represent a personal calling. But then there's an even more specific calling that each one of us have on our lives. It's a call that that God has placed on each one of us and that he's given 
each individually, uniquely, so that the body of Christ can be complete as each person fulfills their call. You know, I was asking the Lord how to best explain this, and and I think most of you, if not all of you, will get this. The call of God on your life could, could quite simply boil down to you being obedient to that thing that no matter what you try to run from, no matter how you try to hide, no matter how you try to ignore it, it just won't go away. No matter how far you get away from it, it seems to just suck you right back into it somehow. You might want to begin to ask the Lord if you don't know what the call of your life is, what his calling on your life is, you may want to begin to ask the Lord, is this your way of getting my attention? Is this your call on my life? I just can't get away from it. I know the call of my life. It's been the same call that I've had since I was a baby, before I could even remember. God has called me to be a pastor. I have always been a pastor. From a baby on up, I'm always, I've always been involved in people's lives. God has used me to, to lead people and to bring truth into people's lives. It's always been how he's directed me and called me. And so I recognize that I understand that. Before we're done with this series, I want you, each of you, to understand what your calling is. How many adults in the house? Let me see your hands. Talk about adults, where, you know, you've gotten out of the house and you're away from mama. Let me see your hands. Okay. You, you remember that feeling, what it was like that excitement, especially as a guy, you know, when you're getting ready to leave your mom and dad's house, you know, you, you're getting ready to leave and you have all these questions, you know, you, you feel like you can support yourself, you, you think you've got everything that you need, but you're getting ready to leave mom and dad's house, right? And you have all these questions and you're filled with excitement. How many of you remember what that feels like? I want you to hang that, I want you to take that out of your mind and hang it on a mental peg because we're going to come back to it in just a few minutes. Here's what I want to do today. I want to discuss with you what I believe, what we believe here as a leadership of this church is the calling of God on our lives as a church family. And I want us all to understand what that call is. And so to do that, I want to address it from four different angles where we've come from, who we are, what we've been called to, what steps we'll take to answer the call this year, and what are our responsibilities as a church as we move forward to answer the call of God in our lives. Where have we come from? It was, it was about 10 years ago this month, 2005, that my wife and I were involved, heavily engaged in another church. We were in leadership in that church, and, and we, was, we were comfortable, y'all. I mean, we, got, we, we were in the sweet spot of ministry, we believed, and suddenly God started stirring some things in our heart. I remember it was around this time, 
10 years ago that I had dropped my son off at, at this school, Bartlett High School. Now keep in mind, I lived all the way on the other side of town, on the south side of town, but, but my son wanted to go here to play basketball. And so I drove my son all the way across town and dropped him off here at Bartlett High School. And I remember listening to Dr. David Jeremiah on the way home. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard so clearly the voice of God. Here's what he said to me. Greg, I have another assignment for you, and it's going to require that you change churches. And I said, okay, God, I said, but you're going to have to talk to Pelzetta because she ain't going to want to hear it. And, you know, kind of humorously, I could just hear the Lord say, well, you know, you don't worry about that. I'll worry about that. So immediately I picked up the phone and I, I, called, I called my wife. I said, I said, babe, I said, you know, I said, listen, I, I believe that I have heard the voice of the Lord. And I, I believe what he said to me is that he's, another, he's got another assignment for us and it's going to require that we change churches. Here's what my wife said to me. She said, well, that's confirmation. She said, because... Last night, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that he had another assignment for us and that it's going to require that we change churches. And I told him, you're going to have to talk to Greg. Because <laughs> he's not going to want to hear it. It was from that point on that God began to stir a vision on the inside of me. It wasn't too much longer after that in March of of 2005, we found ourselves at Change Point. And listen, both my wife and I come from a, from a, a church background, so we understood that we brought lots of spiritual gift and spiritual depth and maturity. We would take that with us wherever we went to the next church that we were going to. And so we, we, just, we just assumed that what would happen is that we'd, we'd get to the next church, we'd take a little while to survey the landscape, see where God might want to move us into ministry, and then we'd be able to move right into ministry based on the leading of the Lord. But man, the Lord had a surprise for us. We got to the church. Man. We got to change point. In a matter of a couple of days, the Lord put us in a class called Quest. And this class began to upset every theological thing that we thought and held true all of our lives. Everything, lots of things that we thought was the expressed will of God for our lives, we realized were simply stifling misconceptions. Things like God wants us to make him our highest commitment. And we realize that that's not the way God operates. God doesn't want us to make him our highest commitment. He wants to be our greatest love. That God wants us to, to give up everything for him. No, it's not about duty. God doesn't want us to give up everything for him. He wants us to find and receive everything, life in him. I got to a point, I remember standing in, in the copy room one day, and man, my, I'm, I'm going through seminary, and all, I mean, my theological landscape of my mind is like all topsy-turvy. I'm standing there. And Dan Gerald walks in, and he sees this perplexed look on my face. He says, hey, brother, what's going on? I said, Dan, I just break down in tears. I said, everything that I've held theologically true has been upset since I've been here. 
I said, you know, I'm trying to determine where I land on this stuff because I know what I'm hearing is truth, but I've been taught something else for so long, it's hard to embrace it. He says, let me give you, he said, that's a great place for you to be. He said, let me tell you something. Theologian Karl Barth was asked one time, this man is a major theologian. He said, what is the most profound truth that you've ever encountered? Karl Barth, this well-trained, very knowledgeable theologian said, the most profound truth that I've learned is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That set my mind at ease, and it set me on a course, my family on a course, to really begin to figure out what the will of God was for us and what he had called us to at change point. It wasn't long after that, around 2011, that God showed me what the vision that I had in my heart was going to look like. You see, all the things that I had learned, there was this burning desire to see the things that I've learned be taken into areas where culturally we're not being taught those. There was a desire in my heart to take the grace-based, Christ-centered, loving Christ, gospel of Jesus Christ, into culturally relevant areas that would otherwise not hear about it. And so I had this desire building up on the inside of me, my wife and I. God led me through a dream to show me what this vision was going to look like as he, as he told me, I want you to plant a church on the other side of town, right in the area and the communities that I want you to minister to. And so it, was, it wasn't long after that that we met with the elders of the church, my wife and I, and they also acknowledged the call of God on our lives. They gave us the opportunity to begin to share with many of you who also had that same fire and passion ignited in you. And so a vision that started with one man and one family now began to expand out to many of you that are sitting here today. And it quickly became not just my vision, but became our collective vision to see life in Christ brought into areas that otherwise wouldn't hear the grace-based gospel to see an ethnically and culturally diverse church that represents the body of Christ. It's our passion. God began to birth that. So we moved to this side of town, and so the journey for us, for all of us, that began over at Raspberry has led us to this point here today as a church. That's where we've come from. So now let me tell you who we are. We are a church who built into our DNA is the desire to see life in Christ for every Alaskan and the world beyond. We're a family, a community of Christ followers who are intentionally cultivating the life of Christ in others. Well, we're learning through community and through relationship with each other how to enjoy God fully together. 
how to be transformed by the power and the purpose and the presence of God in our lives and then extending that out into the lives of those within our reach. And then through that transformation, how to demonstrate life in Christ to the world around us. That's who we are. That's what God has called us to do together. You and I both are partakers of this call on our life, this call to our church. The call is is on you. The call is on me. And it's by answering God's personal call on our life that, that we're positioned, family, collectively as a church to reach the areas that we believe, that I believe that God desires for us to impact. That's who we are. So now what have we been called to? I believe along with the leadership of this church, that we have been sent into specific communities to bring the grace-based, Christ-centered gospel of Jesus Christ to three areas. I call it the three M's. M and M and M, what I call it. To the Mountain View area, to the Muldoon community, and to the military community. These are the areas that God has sent us to. And what we understand now as a church in this stage of our growth and development, that in order to realize this call, it's going to take strong, sustainable effort by all of us. And it's going to take strong, sustainable leadership in this church to move us to the next phase of our growth and development. And so what steps will we take this year to answer the call? Well, one thing that we've realized is among the leadership of this church has become clear this year is that in order for us to maximize who we are as a church this year, it's time for us to step away from mom and dad. And it's time for us to become a fully self-governed church work. Remember when I told you earlier to put that on the peg about moving out of mom and dad's house and how exciting and anxious that can be? I want you to pull that back from the peg now, and I want to talk to you about that a bit. Because, see, when we initially started as a church, we had all these ideas about what, what it could look like, but we had no idea how to get there. And so what we did, we did what any reasonable young adult would do. We stayed, we stayed really close to mom and dad. We stayed close to home. But listen, like all healthy children, like all growing adults, with each passing year, we grow more and more independent of our family, more and more independent of our parents. And like every healthy, wholesome adult, there comes a time where we have to step out of the shadow of mom and dad and take responsibility for ourselves. And family, I'm confident that as a church, our time has come. That it's our time to do just that. I remember when I moved out of my mom and dad's house, my, my dad gave me the talk. You know, you know what the talk is? He gave me the talk. He said, boy, I told you about those girls. Now make sure you, make sure you, you do right, you know, because I can get you in trouble. 
He said, and I told you, I told you how to, how to properly manage your money. He says, listen, I have, I have, we have instilled in you every single thing that you need to make it on your own. You've been given it. Everything. And what you need to know is that we will not let you fall on your face. We will always be here for you. All you need to do is pick up the phone and call and let us know. Why? Because you belong to us. You're a McCormick. You're part of us, and as, as goes you, so goes us, because we're in this together. You know, Rick Steele came to us about a, about a month ago, and he talked about generosity. Do you guys remember that? And here's what he said to us. And remember, I don't know if you know Rick Steele very well, but here's what you need to know about Rick. Have you ever watched Star Trek? You know who Mr. Spock is? Rick Steele is like Mr. Spock. He's very analytical. He's a no-nonsense person. He doesn't add a lot of fluff to what he's saying. What you see and what you hear is what's real and it's what you get. And Rick stood here in this pulpit and here's what he said to us. He said, listen, we have been watching you, we, the collective elders at Change Point, from the day that you've opened your doors. And I keep the books. And here's what I want you to know. From the day you've opened the doors, here at this church. From that day, you have pretty much been financially self-sufficient and financially independent. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I had a conversation with the elders not too long ago, and here's what they said to me. They said, listen, you have everything you need, Greg. It's time for your church. It's time for your church. You're at this stage of growth and development where us as an elder team, we as an elder team can no longer provide the accountability that you need to support the dynamic church that God is growing on the other side of town. So if you are going to continue to grow and change and progress, you're going to have to break away from us. You're going to have to start standing as an independent work. Because if you don't, what will happen is you'll become stagnant. You'll continue to walk in our shadow, and what happens is you'll eventually die. I don't want that. You don't want that. And so today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that the first major step for, for us as a church family is to no longer be dependent on the elders of Raspberry to lead us. To no longer be dependent on the elders of Raspberry, of which I am one, to lead us, but to become a totally self-sufficient, self-governed church work. You know, over the last two years, myself and others have been praying that God would raise up leaders in this church from within our church body that would lead us into the future. Men that, that would act as elders, that would be elders of our church, that will, that will lead us and govern us and take us into the future of our church. And after much prayer for almost a two-year period in September, God raised a collection of men together. And in September, we entered into a formal process of qualification of vetting these men to become the elders of our church. And so we've been in that process since September as a team of men. 
And so today what I want to do and what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you, the church family, into this process with us. These men have met the biblical qualifications for, as for an elder, and so I'm excited to introduce them to you today. Well, not today. You're not going to get them today. <laughs> I'm excited to tell you about them today. But I'm excited to introduce them to you. And so you're asking, Pastor, I know you may be asking, so what is, is, is my role and my responsibility as a member of this church to engage in this process? The Bible teaches us in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, that we are to lay hands suddenly on no man. That we are not, we're not to put a person in any office of authority without first understanding who they are and knowing who they are. Paul tells us, I believe it's in 1 Thessalonians, that we're to know those who labor among us. And so as members of this congregation, you now being brought into this process are going to have the ability to speak into this process. And here's what that's going to look like. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to take an in-depth look at the qualifications of an elder. We're going to dissect that for you. We're going to take a look at the roles and the responsibilities of an elder as found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. And then next week, we're going to introduce the, the candidates, the elder candidates of our church to you collectively. Then the following week on, on the 25th of January, when you walk in the door, you're going to be given a card, and this card is going to contain information on it that will give you a place to raise concerns or to place your affirmation for each candidate. And the card also now, I'm not going to let you off the hook, the card also is going to have a place for you to put personal information so that if there is a concern that is raised about any of the candidates, so we have a way of getting a hold of you and interacting with you. Because the Bible also tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says, listen, don't make a charge against someone, even an elder, unless there's two or three witnesses that can come together and agree with you on that. And so we're going to provide a forum to address any kind of concerns that you may have about any of the candidates. And listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. God, I believe, is honored in this process because God loves for us to, to, to have chances to reconcile any differences that we may have. Somebody say amen. Yes, yes. Then on the 8th of, of February, we're going to wrap up the, the teaching through, through 1 Timothy 3, and we're going to post online and on the city a place for you to be able to raise any questions that you've had about, about the qualifications of an elder and what the role of an elder and responsibility might mean, what it might mean for you as a church family. We're going to give you an opportunity to raise those questions. And then on the 15th of September, we're going to wrap up the series called to lead, and we're going to, we're going to have a forum where we're going to be able to answer your questions, recap the series, and then at the end of it, we're going to provide a reception area for you to meet any of the candidates that you haven't had a chance to meet. And then on the, on the 1st of March, family, 
we are going to ordain elders to govern our church. This is one of the most significant moves that we will make in the history of our church. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad to invite you guys into this process with us. So that's what the next few weeks are going to look like as we work towards the ordination process and work through this series called to lead. Now I know I firehosed you with a lot of things. I know some of you are like, you know what, pastor, so what's going to change? For the majority of you sitting in here, you're not going to feel any difference. Because this church has pretty much been running on its own, independent of leadership at Raspberry, pretty much from the time that we've opened up. You're not going to feel pretty much any natural difference, but I promise you, here's what you will feel if you pay attention. You will feel a spiritual shift in the atmosphere as we begin to press into what God has called us to as a church. You're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. You're going to sense what it's going to feel like to move away from mom and dad and to step into the responsibility that God has called us to. You are going to feel that. And it's going to be exciting. I want to close with this passage of scripture that someone read to me, had no idea what they were reading to me. Well, they knew what they were reading, but they had no idea that it would mean to me what it meant. And Lance, you can bring your team up. The passage of scripture found in Exodus chapter 23. Begins at verse 20, it runs through verse 29. And in this passage, God is telling the children of Israel, listen, I've made promises to you that I have given you a land to inherit. And the land is filled with all kinds of people, but it's yours to take. I've called you to the land, and I've prepared the land for you. He says, I'm going to send an angel that's going to go out before you, and he's going to prepare the land for you. And then listen to what it says in verse 27 and following. He says, I will send my terror before you, and I will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come, and I will make all of your enemies turn their backs on you. In other words, I'll fight your battles for you. And then he says, And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and all those otherites. You know, the Amateurites, and the the Jubasites, and the Moabites, and all thoseites. He said, I'm going to drive all those out from in front of you. Listen to what he says. Listen to verse 29. This is key. He says, and I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the wild beasts multiply against you. Watch this now. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. And here's the point. We are at the stage of maturity as a church where God says you are well able now to go up and take the country. If I had given it to you two years ago, the land would have been too abundant and too overwhelming for you, and you wouldn't have been able to take it. It would have sucked you in and consumed you. 
that's not the case anymore. I've been preparing you for this day for three years, and now you are well able to go up and take the country. The first step of us, for us to do that as an independent church family, starts right now. I'm excited for the process. I hope you'll join me in the excitement. As we prepare our hearts for communion, we're going to sing another song. We're going to go out and we're going to meet out in the main place as we always do. We're going to take communion together. I want you to consider a couple things. First of all, what has God called you to individually? What gifts do you bring to the table? And are you using those gifts? And if not, I'd like for you to consider how you might plug into this church family and join what God is already doing as we put our hands to the call that God has on this church. We'd love for you to join us. The second is if you're in the body of Christ and you haven't taken communion for a while, I want you to take the next few minutes as we, as we sing this song to, to examine your hearts, to examine where you are and, and allow the Holy Spirit to show you maybe any area of your life that you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to address. Because as we take communion, which is a serious act for those of us in the body of Christ, we want you to understand that we, we need you, we want you to take it with clean hands and a pure heart. For the scripture tells us that there are consequences for approaching it any other way. Right? 